At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. I have a bit of bad news for us. You did not win the lotto. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, you and I did not win the lotto. We did not win the Powerball. $2 billion jackpot. Billion dollars. But okay, so when they say you get a payout of 900000 sorry, $900 million, mm-hmm. what does the rest go to? Tax? Mm-hmm. It goes back into tax. I know. I feel like that's slightly unfair. <laughs> right? That does not sit well, doesn't it? It doesn't because it's like, we, I feel like we get taxed, taxed so much anyway. Like, aren't you always paying tax? I feel like we're always paying tax on something. And why would you have to pay tax on money that's free? Right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just another way. Oh, government death and taxes. Death and taxes. Those are the only two <laughs> things that are definitely sure in this life. I know. I know. Got to pay taxes and you got to die. That's, that's it. And sometimes bad parenting, which is why we have yeah. the next <laughs> person on our show because yes. I don't know, I'm trying to be a better parent, but I feel like lately it's been difficult, you know, mm-hmm. like I, it's getting closer to the holidays and I'm really trying to practice this gently. Like I go back and forth. Cause I'm like, I'm a really good, gentle parent, you know, conscious parenter. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of, I'm like, it's this crap. Like, yeah. I'm done. I can't. She's being so annoying to me right now. And she's <laughs> triggering me. And I feel like she's being disrespectful. Go to your room, you know? Yes. And then I'm like, oh, Tamman, deal with your own trauma, deal with your own, your inner child. And now you've got to like be a better parent. So I feel like it's ebbs and flows with me. What about you? But I feel like your kid is just easier. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. Like, I feel like the same. I feel like it's getting to be a trickier time because we're getting to those holiday, t- you know, time Mm -hmm. points. But I feel like lately for me, what I've been dealing with is a lot of pushback. There's a lot of pushback, Mm -hmm. right. And a lot of separation. I feel like she's like very into like not Not holding your hand. Yes. I know not wanting to do the things that I want to do, not really wanting to engage with me when I talk to her, you know, it used to be when she was younger and she'd get in the car, she'd be excited to tell me about her day from school. But now it's like, I'm lucky if I get a good yeah. You know, mm-hmm. One word answer, you know, Same. and other times she's like, she's like, you know, uh, I, I need quiet time. Like, I don't want to talk right now. And I'm like, mm. okay. It's so hard. I feel like I'm losing my baby. I mean, I've got two babies. So I'm holding on to one, but the other one, I feel like I'm losing. So maybe our next expert can give us a little insight into what's happening with our kids and how we cannot be triggered by it. Yes. So who do we have on today, Roxy? Well, we're very excited to welcome this guest because she is often referred to as the child whisperer. Mm -hmm. She's a parenting expert, a child development expert. She started out as a teacher and has amassed this huge following because she literally, if you go onto her Instagram, she's so inspirational because it seems like anytime I open up one of those videos, it's something I'm going through and it just hits, right? It hits. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so without further ado, we need to welcome Dr. Siggy Cohen onto the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. We're so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was very Mm -hmm. sweet of you. (laughs) So what we're dealing with, with, so we both have, Roxy has an eight-year-old, I have a nine-year-old and a four-year-old, and we're both going through the same thing with our elder kids, which is this kind of separation, the separation that they are wanting. We're not wanting. Um, it's feels heartbreaking in many ways. Um, and how do we handle the pushback and the, I feel like mine's, I don't know about you, Roxy. I feel like it's an aggressive pushback for me. It's kind of like very emotional. Um, and I think back in the day, like the type of parenting back in the day would have just been like, don't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. Go to your room or smack on the butt, whatever it is that you're being bad. You need mm-hmm. to respect me. And now, you know, I feel like we, we're talking more about this and, and maybe that's not the right way to go. It's very true. So back in the day when what you're describing um, had so much to do with the parent not so much with the child, right? The child had to align themselves with the way the parent wanted them to be Mm -hmm. and how the parent felt and what the parent needed. Mm -hmm. And that was the norm. We switched that around to make it about our children almost as much as about ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of times we don't know where to draw the line. When is it about me? And when this is about my child? Mm -hmm. And I can tell you it's about both, but your child is childlike. They're, they're very immature. They lack experience and knowledge. And the parents, you know, you were saying like your inner child, you still have that but you are the grown up with the experience, with the knowledge. You're the one that needs to know how to separate you from your child. So as a person in all relationships, all humans affect one another. We are simply triggered by each other. That's just a fact. There is no connection. There's no intimacy without us actually affecting one another. So in so many ways, it is important and necessary. Mm-hmm. How much is too much? How much is not enough, right? It's always about balance. Mm-hmm. So knowing I'm triggered, about, uh, I'm triggered by my child is I'm human. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. But is this a good parenting place to be right here for my child, mm-hmm. to act out of my own triggers or... Do I need to learn to manage my triggers separately from my child and then deal with my child? However, my child needs to be dealt with for them. What do they need to learn? What is the lesson? It's don't say that because you're hurting me. Don't do this because you are affecting me or don't do this. Just don't do it, period, because it's not something to be done. So my parenting has to be so conscious of me separately from my child or vice versa. And the other thing about this is also remembering that our children or any relationship is always made of friction. It's always made of this continuous conflict of how much closeness, how much separateness, 
Mm. When do we come together? When don't we? And this is lifelong. Mm. Right now, your child is pushing mm. back a little bit. They'll always do that. And think of you in any relationship. You want someone, but then, oh, it's too much. I mm. need a break. What kind of a break? How do I take a break? How to do this in a healthy way? That's the mm. goal. Not my child always needs me. Mm. That's not necessarily a good thing. My child doesn't need me at all. That's not a good thing either. Mm -hmm. So back to balance. Mm -hmm. My child will push back because of individuation. My child also relies on me for connection, for support. Mm. I need to be aware of all of it all the time. Mm -hmm. So with the pushback, you know, it seems like they're almost even creating boundaries, you know, in these relationships. And, you know, for example, uh, like in the intro, when I was saying, you know, picking up my daughter from school used to be a special time when we would talk and, you know, she would go into detail about the Mm. day. And it's really recently, you know, I mean, even like I was saying some days it's like, I I want quiet time. Like, I don't even want to talk about this. So is that healthy for our kids to sort of create these boundaries with us or should they be sharing more? I mean, what are some of the things to look out for? You know, I I also don't want to become like isolated where they feel like they can't say anything to you, you know? So how does that all play out? Right? Yes. Very, very good question. You're absolutely right. So now what we actually want to ask is why is my child having a hard time talking to me? Mm. Because there could be something else going on. As she's getting older, life and everything else around her, her world becomes much more complex. Mm. And a lot of times when she was younger, she could just chit chat about a lot of the facts, right? I saw this and so and so and the color and the sun and the slide. And suddenly all of these facts become much more complex, not because the facts changed, but because the information about these facts, Mm -hmm. the way we're triggered, the things we need to know about the social scene, everything she's learning at school, there's so much more to think about. And I think that sometimes she's literally trying to process all of that and doesn't know where to even begin to tell you what she's going through. Mm. So sometimes the pushback is not, oh, I just don't want to be with you and notice this. Immediately, again, we make it about us. Oh, she doesn't want to talk to me. Mm. Maybe she's struggling on her own, regardless Mm. of me, nothing to do with me. And I need to know that, not to expect the same thing from her, but Mm. to help her move on to the next level where she needs to be, where it's much more complex, and I can guide her there. So instead of, so how was school? Mm-hmm. it's it's almost like lower than where she's at mm-hmm. it's asking her to really minimize what her experiences are mm-hmm. and we want to kind of meet her where she's at so school's tough huh I bet there are a lot of things happening mm-hmm. did a lot of things happen today I can tell your mind is full of all the stuff it's very difficult by the way when I have six, seven, eight hours experience Mm. to pull out something to give you, to Mm. please you. 
It's hard. It's hard to conceptualize. It's hard to pull out pieces of information. Mm. That's what you want to know. She's growing. She's not just necessarily pushing me back and avoiding Mm. me. Mm. She's growing and her world is growing with her. Can I share some of it? Can I help her there? So we still build a relationship, but it's not the same as what it was. It's Mm. never going to be the same. It's ever changing. Mm. And I don't want to be scared of that. Oh, Mm. it used to be this way. True. Mm -hmm. We can be sad a little bit again. Mm. We're human, but oh, it's not the same. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's okay. Can Mm. I now deal with how it is? Probably. Can I still have something valuable? Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. Different. Still valuable. Mm -hmm. So try and understand where she's coming from. Mm. Maybe you want to be more specific with your questions. Mm -hmm. Is there anything on your mind right now that you're still thinking about? Because it Mm -hmm. happened at school today and it Mm kind of like makes you wonder or question. Mm -hmm. Because that's what complexity is all about, right? You get stuck on something. Why did he say this? Why did she say? What was I supposed to say? When Mm -hmm. she was four, there was none of that. Mm -hmm. Now there is a lot of that. Mm -hmm. It's a separation that I feel like, you know, when you become a parent, well, at least for me, I feel like no one told me that like you have a kid and you feel like they're yours, but they're not, they're not yours. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you like, oh, this is my kid. This is my daughter. She's an extension of me. She will feel the things I feel. She will like the things I like. She will love to do drama because I like drama. You know, she will eat the foods that I want to eat. And I know logically when we say that out loud, it seems ridiculous, but I think a lot of us go into parenting thinking we're just birthing an imitation of and an extension of ourselves and our husbands. So everything all makes sense. And I'm watching my first child grow and she's vastly, there's similarities, but she's also vastly different than me and likes different things than I do. And in the beginning, I kind of felt, angry about that, not to her, but internalized. I was like, well, why doesn't she like what I like? You know, because Mm -hmm. then I can make sense of the world. I can make sense of her because I understand that little box. Right. And now there's like a lot more, um, surrender that I've had to do with my children, which I find very difficult. A lot of like letting go of that control that Mm -hmm. I am not her and she is not me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that pushback and a lot of that triggering for me is like, well, I would never do that to my parents. I would never talk to my parents in that way. Like they would never let me. So how dare you speak to me like that? Mm -hmm. Instead of just trying to learn about her and let her be an individual. You're very right. And I love that you said, you know, how dare she? Because, you know, so many parents feel exactly that. And say the same as what you just said. I would have never dared speak like this to my parents. Mm -hmm. So one, we have to recognize it is different. It's different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that they can say anything and act any way they want. It doesn't. We still need boundaries. But how dare she 
that's a rhetorical question. You actually want to give it an answer. So it's not rhetorical. How dare she is only your frustration and disappointment and maybe even helplessness. How mm. dare she? Oh, let me see. Yeah, she does dare. She lives in a different time. It's true. When I was a kid, no, we didn't dare. There mm. wasn't this allowance. Adults kept a distance from children mm. and only kept sort of like control over kids. Mm. And now we opened it up in such a way that we want them close to us. And so how dare they? They dare because mm -hmm. we opened up those doors. We want them to tell us everything and anything. And then they do. It's mm -hmm. true yeah. that sometimes they cross a line because, hey, you wanted to know. I'm telling you everything, mm -hmm. however I want. Mm -hmm. So it means we need to correct. We need to teach. We need to guide and mentor. We don't want to ask this question anymore. How dare mm -hmm. they? It comes from our own frustration. It doesn't lead to an actual answer. Mm. So they do dare. We mm. gave them a lot of space and they dare. Mm. Now, the other thing about it, you were saying earlier how she's different. You're absolutely right. And I think so many parents expect their kids to just be, she's just like me. Oh, I thought she was supposed to be. How come she's not? And it brings up like, yeah, this kind of, distance almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I say this because I think it helps. Diversity truly begins at home. Mm -hmm. How we want to practice diversity out there, it's not surrendering as much as accepting. Sometimes it is letting go, understanding. Mm -hmm. Diversity is really about our own family. And then we can extend it to, yeah, people are different. Mm. Oh, in one family, we are also different. Mm. It doesn't make us good or bad or one good, one bad or something good or bad. Different is not always just good or bad. Mm. Most of the time it's not. Different is just different. different. Oh, my kids are different. This one no. child different than me. Yeah. Whew, I, have to, I have to use tolerance. Mm which is mm -hmm. part of diversity, right? Why mm -hmm. are we tolerating others? Because we understand differences. Mm -hmm. So things like that, diversity begins at home, even when our, with our own family. We're very different from one another. You know, it's interesting too, because there's you know a lot of talk about um, consequences and discipline and how to, you know, talk to your child when they've done something that you disapprove of. And I don't know about you, Tamman, but I feel like growing up, you know, I, I always got sort of the, the talk about, I'm so disappointed in you, you know, right. I'm so disappointed in what you did, you know, what you, I say that to my husband, by the way, <laughs> right. they, they can I'm handle disappointed. it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Disappointed. But um, I remember, you know, getting in trouble for fighting with my little sisters or talking back and just, you know, hearing like, I'm so disappointed in you. And I didn't really understand how to like in process that, you know, mm. I mean, I felt bad, you know, it felt like shameful. It felt all those things. So when our children are doing something that we're not approving of, is that the best way to talk to them? What is the best way to kind of try to mm. correct that behavior? Still getting your point across that you, it, you know, it's not acceptable behavior, but 
without leaving them with that sense of like shame and you know all those bad feelings Mm. yes very true so it brings Mm -hmm. us back to the beginning we are triggered Mm -hmm. by our children we're triggered by other people especially the ones close to us so you feel disappointment that's just your emotion Mm -hmm. it's not a teachable emotion So you can say something like, wow, this makes me disappointed. But see, and now you are containing yourself Mm -hmm. separate from your child. Mm. So it's okay to share with them how you feel, but don't put it on them. I'm disappointed. You need to fix yourself. So I'm not disappointed. Mm -hmm. No, I'm disappointed. That's just my own trigger. Mm -hmm. Now. I need to guide you to do whatever it is. Like you said, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Mm. Not okay. This is not right. Mm. I have the right with my authority as a parent, as your guide and mentor to say that I don't have to say it because you are disappointing me. Mm -hmm. I can just guide you without the disappointment. Mm. The disappointment is just me because I'm human. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. So you are compartmentalizing yourself, your own emotions. You want to share that, share it, but own it. Mm-hmm. Be accountable to your emotions. And then your guidance of your child is regardless. It's not because of how you feel. It's because of what they need. Mm-hmm. My child needs to learn X, not because I'm disappointed. Because what if I'm not disappointed? They don't need to learn that. Oh, they still mm-hmm. need to learn that because this is about them and for them. So they need to learn not to hit another child, not because I'm disappointed, but just because not okay to hit anyone Mm -hmm. for them and for the other child. I don't want any child to be hit, but I also don't want a child to be hitting someone else Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. them, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's not the right outlet. That's not the right expression of whatever it is that you want to say. So I'm teaching no hitting, not because, oh, that child is crying or you're going to get expelled, you know, obviously when they're older. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching you not to hit for you Mm. because you don't want to be the person that hits anyone. You want to actually, it's not about respecting me or anyone else, about respecting yourself. Mm. So that's how we look at it. I am disappointed. That's just me. Mm -hmm. I want to share it. I can share it but still own it. It's Mm -hmm. my job to take care of my emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, what is my actual guidance for my child? Mm -hmm. It's regardless of my disappointment. Mm -hmm. What do you think about like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine recently and she's got older kids and she said, you know, he drove the car without asking me. And so now he's grounded. And then he lied about it. So now he's doubly grounded. So Mm -hmm. now he's gotten, you know, no car, no Xbox, whatever it is. Is that a punishment? Is that a consequence? Do you believe in taking things away? And at what age does it start Mm -hmm. to work? Because I think my four-year-old, you'd take her ice cream away. She'd just be like, F "F you, like I don't (laughs) understand what's going on. Whereas my eight-year-old totally understands things taken away. Does the thing that needs to be taken away, if that's the consequence, mm-hmm. does it need to be the thing itself? Like, for example, she's, you know, doing like she's putting pen on the couch, right? Is the consequence just taking away the pen? Because it's like already the consequences happened. And we're like, no, you're not, you're not allowed to take the pen. And then all of a sudden she draws on it again. So we throw the pens away. Is that the consequence or is the consequence 
you can't go to your friend's house tonight because you're drawing on the couch or is that not going to work because she doesn't really understand it doesn't connect like the pen doesn't connect with the friend's house or is it like you're drawing on the couch you're not allowed to have you know we're not allowed to draw for the week at all you know no no Mm -hmm. pens because we've already asked you twice I my issue is right now the giving out I don't know if I believe in discipline, but like giving out the consequence for the thing that happened, but kind of not knowing in what boundary I give that out. Like what is the right thing to say in that moment? Yeah. So I think the bigger question to ask here is what is my intention? Do not draw on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) And for her to listen and for her to go, it's hard because I I, I expect my eight-year-old or nine-year-old to know better. And I, and I know there's part of her that can't cause she's young, but I also know there's part of her that can, I know that she knows to not get crayons out of the, on the couch. I, I would think at this, at this point in time, she's nine years old. Um, but she continues to do it. Mm. So, so am I, where do I go from that? Yeah. So you are, so there is a behavior mm. that you're trying to dismiss Stop. Eradicate because it's the wrong behavior. What is triggering this behavior? Obviously, I agree with you. She does know. So something else is going on. And that's maybe the question that needs to be asked more often because the goal is not to punish someone or inflict a consequence just because we have power. Mm -hmm. The goal is to actually teach them something, not about me, about themselves. I wonder why I had to take the car without permission and then lie. What was I trying to gain? So yeah, of course, my parents can take the car away. But what's what's underneath it? Why does someone need to do that? Mm. To take power, to... They want to have fun. They think that they can't because their parents won't allow them to have the car and they feel frustrated that Mm -hmm. they want to take the car, but their parents don't. So maybe instead of just taking away the car, the better idea would be like, look, you want to have fun. Okay. I don't fully Mm -hmm. trust that you won't drink and drive. I I hope that you won't. So what my parents used to do is my parents used to drop me at the parties. (laughs) They used to drop me at the parties (laughs) and I could make the decision if I wanted to do whatever I was going to do. And they would pick Mm -hmm. me up. (gasps) Oh, And then, yeah, my parents would even have parties at our house. And it was so great because I never, I was never into alcohol. I was never into, never took drugs. Not because my parents were like, here's drugs, but they're like, if you're going to drink, you're, you're 18 in Australia, you can drink. You're 18 years old. You're going to drink. I would rather my kid not drink and drive home. So if you're going to drink, you're going to do it here and we can keep you safe. And Mm -hmm. You know, and then I never, I never drove drunk. I never lied to them. So there, mm. I feel like there is that when you give a little with boundaries, I feel like your kids respect that. And I think maybe my friend, and I didn't want to tell her how to parent, but I would have said, mm. well, why don't you figure out an option where he gets to where he's going, where he feels like he can have a little bit of his, his youth, mm-hmm. but he's also, he's also being safe. Hmm. But that requires you looking at his actions, not just, wow, you are so, this is bad. Why'd you do it? That's wrong. What, mm-hmm. How am I going to punish you? That's looking at his actions, trying to almost 
brainstorm with him on mm. these actions. Mm. So as a mentor, as a guide to a 16 year old that now acted out and sort of like took some power into his own hands, I want to explore that with them because I want him to think the next time, not because this is how he's going to think. The next time he's, gonna, he's going to do it, he's not going to think, is it safe or not? How can mm-hmm. I get away with it that I couldn't get away with it last time? Mm-hmm. That's what he's going to focus on because the only thing he takes away from the punishment is how to not get caught. Caught and how to lie. Yeah. And so now the entire focus is on that, but <clears throat> we didn't actually touch on anything underneath it. So I'm curious, look, I can say flat out what you did was not okay. Don't have to. And I can say to a 16 year old, obviously, why did he lie? Why did he sneak behind? He knew it was not okay. It's not like, oh, I didn't know. No, what you did was not okay. But you know what? Let's think together. What led you to do it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, normally yeah. because I, it's normally what you said, I, what led me to do it is I wanted to do it, but I didn't feel safe in telling you my parent. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. and hope to not get caught. Mm-hmm. It's show off. It's to, it's about impressing whatever his peers. It's about power and control. You know, a 16 year old can see adulthood is sort of like right around mm-hmm. the corner. I'm almost there. So might as well just do whatever. You're mm-hmm. almost there. You're not quite there. And that's actually okay. And you know what? You will be there. Mm-hmm. Let's take it one step at a time. But you mm-hmm. need to impress your friends. Let's think of ways you can actually do it without, you know, putting yourself in danger. Yeah. Yourself mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. without endangering yourself. Because it's okay to impress can you do it within sort of boundaries or thoughtful boundaries? I mm. bet you can. Let's think mm. about it together. So back to your nine-year-old that takes crayons and draws on the couch. Of mm. course she knows she's trying something. Mm. And she's trying to get to see what you will do. She's trying to get attention in some mm. form of way that You're isn't right. really good mm. or healthy. So you want to get attention. And I Mm -hmm. think that what happens is because we, I don't know about Roxy, but I'm, my work is like five to nine. It's not like nine to five. Right. And especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're really fighting for your goals, for your family. Like most of my goals are for my family, a little bit's for me, but most of it's for my family. Mm -hmm. And you're constantly, the problem is like back in the day without parents, they, they really had to like, if you're going to get on a computer or the phone, it was such, it's such a to-do, right? It was mm-hmm. like, you had to like press the seven numbers to get the phone or like, you know, whatever it was to get online. They didn't even have the internet. So, you know, if you wanted to look up a word, you had to go to the dictionary. So like, I think because of our phones, it's like our kids are not as connected to us or, or less than, you know, before in some way. And I think that they're maybe trying to like, search for some kind of attention? Mm. Um, I think there are different reasons, you know, the phones, yeah, they give our children a lot of autonomy and independence. Um, They, kids today can get so much information on their own without having to come to ask and ask us, right? We sometimes say Google that or ask Siri, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
they they're like they did to us you know oh i can ask google or siri directly mm -hmm. so yes it gives them this sort of sense of power and control mm -hmm. i do believe humans still need connection and a mm -hmm. connection is about quality and about the intention what am i truly what am i really trying to get out of you mm -hmm. For you to be distracted by what it is you're doing, so you'll pay attention to me by, you know, why or, you know, um, can't you see I'm busy or what am I getting out of that? Or do I know how to come to you and say, Mom, I'm, I'm missing you or I, I would like to spend some time together. Can you and I do that? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's, again, about knowing that, of course, they want our attention. They want to connect. They don't always do it the right way. So my daughter at nine absolutely knows not to use markers on the couch. Every mm -hmm. nine-year-old knows that. Yeah. The reason they are repeating this sort of like action mm -hmm. because they're trying to say something else and we need to mm -hmm. hear that. So I can say something like, whoa, you drawing on the couch at your age? Yeah, no. Forget, of course, not acceptable. I don't even have to say, don't you know better? Of course mm -hmm. you know better. But mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, what are you trying to tell me? Of course, she's going to go, ah, whatever. I didn't know. She'll blame my sister. I didn't yes. find paper. I mean, kids do all kinds. You're like, no, -uh, let's focus. Of course, you know not to draw on the couch. Mm -hmm. You're still doing it. I wonder what you're trying to say to me think mm -hmm. about it like that it's literally what we call the writing on the wall mm -hmm. metaphorically and it is literally this is the writing on the wall what is it trying to say to me what is the attention that it's trying to get mm -hmm. so do that of course you know not to draw on the couch i don't mm -hmm. have to tell you your own mm -hmm. brain tells you that you already learned it mm -hmm. but i think you need something else Mm -hmm. So can we think together what it is and probably then even get to it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really interesting too, because I think this kind of goes along with that as well. You know, we've always sort of tried to tell our daughter that we live in a house of open communication, right? You know, tell us anything, but we always need to be truthful with one another. And sometimes mm -hmm. we've noticed that there have been lies, you know, there's been some lying that's popped up and it could be something as, you know, like a little white lie, like, okay, how many cookies did you have tonight? Right. And, you know, it's two when it's really three or what have you, but you know, at the same point, I still, I get a little worried about that because I sort of wanted to like kind of nip the lying in the bud, you know, like at the beginning, cause I want us to have, you know, an open relationship and be able to talk, but it's like, what do we do when we catch our kids lying? Is there, how do we deal with that? Right. So when we say, I want us to be honest and mm -hmm. truthful and always tell the truth, this sounds great in theory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we say to children, this is very abstract. Every child will say, yes, of course. And seconds later, they'll lie about something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like one thing is not going to, you want to know that. So we take an abstract idea and now we have to make it real what does it mean it means that sometimes for example i say you can have one cookie but then deep inside you really want two cookies mm -hmm. so you think to yourself should i ask my mom for another cookie no she's gonna say no mm -hmm. so how can i get another cookie because you see the self 
right? The individual always wants to serve itself. And of mm-hmm. course, children are very self-centered. So they try, what is lying? Lying is try, is literally taking matters into my own hands mm-hmm. when I don't think I have the power up front. So what is the conversation? It's not about, don't lie to me. We mm-hmm. always need to be truthful. It's about, what do you do? when you want two cookies and I only say you can have one, and, but deep inside you want another one. What do you do with that? Because this is where, right? Lying is about literally fabricating reality to fit me, to make it my way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many ways of beating the system sort of, which is really what lying, sneaking, doing things behind the scene and so on, they're all about. So. Power has to be up here, out here. That's honesty. That I can talk to my child about the way it feels when mom or dad decide they can only have one cookie, but they really want two. What do they do with this frustration? What do they do with this sense of powerlessness? Mom and dad have all the power. I don't. They fight it. Humans need that. It's part of our individuality. To take matters into our own hand, not to be passive. So your daughter is lying about the cookies Mm -hmm. because she's trying to assert herself, trying to create a reality that fits her. What needs to happen is to talk about temptation, to talk about how she does have power, Mm -hmm. but it's not all or none. Mom and dad don't have all the powers. You're right. We decide about cookies or how many. We decide about a lot of stuff. Do you decide about other things? Do you have power in your life? You know, I'm just Mm. saying it like in a big kind of way. But yeah, you make a lot of decisions. You make a lot of choices. You're absolutely right. Not all. So when I say no more cookies and you feel frustrated and you say, hmm, let me see. How can I lie and sneak? You want to say, I'm not going to do that. I'll tell my mom that I'm very frustrated that I can only have one. Mm -hmm. And then she'll have to support me somehow. And you have to emotionally support that. It's mm-hmm. not just about, I decide no more cookies, mm-hmm. but it's affecting you. So how am I going to help you with, with how it affects you and triggers you? Mm. So when I say no more cookies and you're going to be very frustrated and try to maybe sneak another one and no, it's not okay. So we're not going to do that. Is there anything else you can do? She'll say, I don't know. Like, you can tell me. Yeah. And she'll say, yeah, but you're not going to give me. And you're like, you're right. I wouldn't. And that will be hard, right? What do we do when something is hard? What do we do when something doesn't work our way? Mm -hmm. Why did the 16-year-old take the car and lied about it? Mm -hmm. Because things don't work his way. Mm -hmm. What do we do about it? We all need the muscles constantly throughout our entire life that can deal with when things don't go our way. And those muscles are not necessarily power muscles where we can decide or take whatever it is that we want just because we want, but it's mental muscles to face the challenge, to cope with the difficulty of things don't work my way. I can't get the car. I can't get another cookie. And that's a challenge. What do I do with it? So your goal is not to catch your child lying or not, Mm -hmm. or talk always about truth and honesty, but it's about the internal struggles that we all have facing 
the challenges that life presents to us mm -hmm. by things not working our way. And that's the conversation and it's ongoing. Mm -hmm. Can't draw on the couch, but I mm -hmm. think you were trying to tell me something. I don't know what. Mm -hmm. Let's think what it is. I'm not paying attention the way you want. Can't mm -hmm. have another cookie. Yeah, I can't have the car without permission, but it's tough because mm -hmm. then how are you going to impress your friends? Mm -hmm. See, they take matters into their own hands, create a reality to hold on to power and control. We want to empower them. And empowerment is coping and resilience first. And then maybe seeing how things can also work my way, but not because I can sneak and lie and cheat. What's scary is like the outside world giving them messages that we, so, you know, we talk about fat and we talk about weight, um, as like fat is just a thing. We talk about that all the time. It doesn't make you a better person or a worse person. We say that food is like a car, like car is our body and you got to put the fuel in the car and you got to have broccoli, you got to have cookies, you got to have all the things that make up the body and the fuel. I had an eating disorder from the ages of 15 to 25 and it was pretty terrible. And it's hard because like, you know, when my daughters at home were like, fat is just a thing. And then she'll go to school and someone will be like, you know, they're fat or you're fat, whatever it is. And she's kind of confused because she's like, she even said to them, she's like, well, fat's just a thing. It's not good or bad. And I was like, yay. Um, but she is very confused about the outside messaging about weight, looks, body, breast, sex, all the things that are going to start coming up. Then sorry, my dog's going crazy, um, than what she hears through me and us. So how do you, how do you figure out how to handle what she hears from the world and what we think as a family? Mm -hmm. Yeah. By having open conversations about it. And once again, it's being open-minded to diversity, which diversity definitely is a trigger. It's like, oh yeah, we're accepting of everyone. Ah, uh, no, it's tough. It's sometimes we have to actually extend ourselves. Sometimes we have to also argue something. That's kind of how you treat it. So you're right, you heard, and this is the way you talk, or they said, and how did it make you feel? What did you say? What did you want to say? Mm. It's having a voice. It's having the ability to take information from all sorts of directions and process it and know what to take and what to leave out and what fits me and what doesn't. And it's hardly ever just one thing or one state of mind. It changes over time because our children, you're absolutely right. They learn from us, but they learn so much from everywhere else and it's ongoing. Don't we have to fight that or accept that all the time? right? We have one certain mindset and then we're exposed to something and we're like suspicious of it or curious about it. I mean, it happens continuously. So how did it make you feel? Always start with that. Oh, I didn't like it. Why? Why didn't you like it? What do you think? Why do you think this person said it? Um, they were not being nice. They were being mean. Uh-huh. Okay. What else? What, what, 
what makes them say that? Because what is ignorance, right? Ignorance is not knowing. And that's kind of, well, because they don't know better. You're right. Is there a way for them to know better? What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know. You said something to them. Maybe that's how they will learn. Maybe mm-hmm. someone else will. We all are constantly learning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's having a voice. It's being able to think, to discuss these matters with somebody who's safe, right? She knows to come home and tell you, this is what was said out there. Either, you know, she wasn't like scared. Oh, I'm not going to tell my mom. She's going to be mad. She knows she can come. It's safe to say, mom, so-and-so said that. And I was confused. All right, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. What was confusing? What did you want to do? What, you, what could you have done? What would you like to do next? What do you think we should do? This is all about proaction. And that's what we're teaching our children, to be proactive. Don't be silent. Don't hold things inside you and, you know, just be a bystander to stuff. I'm not saying you have to fight everything that's impossible, but be thoughtful and open to notice what's going on. And we are there to help them do that because we're willing to discuss, to have conversations that are tough with them about body image. I mean, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, sometimes we also have judgment. We're we also, also yeah. you know, yeah. I was gonna say just to tag along with that, we're also raising young girls who are leaving that late infantile stage and going into the preteen years. And when the body starts changing and people start noticing and making comments and it's, and I remember for myself, like going back to that time, that's when I really started you know, looking at my body in a different way, you know, and negatively too. And, um, so how do we kind of help our girls to build their self-esteem, you know, in that way so that they, they might hear things from the outside, but then they don't internalize that kind of stuff. Like how do we build these kids like their self-esteem? Yeah. First, I think by being honest and authentic with them mm-hmm. and re- by recognizing this is a challenge. You know, when my, let's say my daughter, oh, I'm fat, or I don't look like this, or so-and-so's here, and so on, and we're like, no, don't talk like that. You're beautiful. You're this. Right now, we're masking, and mm-hmm. we actually told her it's not safe to talk to us about it. And what we want is the exact opposite. Oh, tell me more. So how does it make you feel? So what do you think? It's not by trying to sort of like give them a sticker. You're good. Good job. Mm -hmm. You're fine. No, it's about actually working through the complexity of all of it. Self-image, body image, value, self-esteem, my place in the family, my place in society, gender, um, right? Wisdom. I mean, oh, it's endless. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest about it. Wow. Yeah, it's okay to sometimes not feel the best about yourself Hmm. it does yeah we all and i'm not saying oh we all feel that way that's dismissive Mm -hmm. i'm being authentic yeah we all feel this way Mm -hmm. and then yeah what do we do always think about that there's a there is feeling and then there's functionality because i feel this way well there's nothing i can do that's helplessness 
That's not function, that's dysfunction. What can you do about that feeling? And maybe they come up with one idea. So I want to color my hair, or I want to dye this, or I want to do that. And yeah, no, some things we're not going to do, sweetie, no. If it is right, if it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's a no, it's a no, it's perfectly fine. No, we're not. Do you have another idea? What else can you do? And a lot of times they want others to change so they don't feel what they feel. Mm. But it's the opposite. It's what do I do about helping myself feel different, feel better, constantly navigate through all these pressures. We need to be honest with our daughters for sure. And also with our sons, because they're also picking up on a lot of that. I'm not good enough. I'm stupid. This is it. This one's taller. This one's better. Yeah. Learning to feel good about yourself is not easy. It's not simple. Notice this. Do you sometimes feel good about yourself? Any, for whatever reason, mm. one moment. Mm. Yeah. Okay. One moment is better than none. Mm. probably there's more than that. Do you feel good about anything about you? Yeah, I like my whatever, nose, eyes, I don't know. I think I'm a good jumper. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it starts with that. Break it down. It's not all or none. I'm perfect. I'm great. I'm amazing or nothing. It's all of it. Mm -hmm. It's multifaceted. It's like a puzzle. It's got Mm -hmm. many, many pieces. Mm And you can't, your children can't love themselves unless you like, of course they can, but Mm -hmm. it's harder for them to love themselves when you don't. And like, Mm -hmm. you're talking about body image, Roxy. It's like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell my daughter, oh my gosh, love your body, accept your body. It's beautiful. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. When she looks at me and knows that sometimes I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and like, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror naked and your daughter will see that. And like, how are you looking at yourself in the mirror naked? If, if you do, I do Mm -hmm. like, are you kind of looking at your breasts and pushing them up? Or are you looking at your stomach? Are you looking at your butt and looking for cellulite? Like how, how do you view your body? And, and I know she sees that. So, you know, I have to be careful not to be hard on myself because it's very easy to go to like shame, blame and blame and guilt where I could be like, well, Tamman, you still do some of that, right? You still pick yourself apart. But my poor mother picked herself apart so much in front of me and it wasn't her fault, mm-hmm. but like she was constantly always trying to, you know, lose weight. It was always about losing weight, right? Mm-hmm. Because then she'd feel good within her body. Whoever told her that she was overweight and that all comes from the past of the generation before her, but I hope that I'm doing better with that, with my daughter. And I don't ever talk about, I never say to my daughter, I feel fat. Never. I never say I'm fat. Oh, I'm so gross. Right. And I still hear people talk to their kids about their bodies and how they hate their bodies in front of the, their kids, especially girls. Ooh. And I'm just like, look, I'm not the perfect parent, but I just want to say, you can't say that. Yeah. You can't say Like I had a mom the other day saying like, this is the last piece of pizza for me this week because I just have to lose 10 pounds and she's thin. She's not like overweight. And her doctor said, you need to lose 10 pounds. She's like, I have to lose 10 pounds. Like, oh, I've got such fat on my stomach. I'm like, how do you not know that your daughter is listening to this? And she's going to think, well, if my mom thinks that and she looks pretty good to me, Mm -hmm. how can I not think that about myself? 
Yeah. So I'm really trying that. I am proud of myself for, I do not talk about my body and mm-hmm. my things that I don't like about it in mm-hmm. front of her. Roxy, how are you with that? So I try to be cognizant of that as well, not saying things, but what's really interesting that's been happening is she'll say things about my body to me. Like, she'll be like, mommy, you've got a a bump on your, you know, like a pimple, like a bump on your face or mommy, your tummy looks big today. Like she'll point out imperfections on me. Um, So I don't really know what to say to that because I'm kind of like, do I just say, yes, you know, my my tummy is what it is. It, it, you know, I love it. I'm happy with it. You know, this is how I am. This is how I was made, you know, I'm, you know, living in this body and I enjoy it. Do you say something like to that effect or what do you, do you recognize that? I mean, it's obviously not perfect. So I don't, do you point that? I mean, do you agree with that? Or like, what do you say in that position? Cause I'm just kind of like a little flabbergasted and my feelings are a little hurt too, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So I think between the two of you, you know, like when you're saying, okay, I stand in front of the mirror and I'm looking at all my flaws. Absolutely. You're right. And then my daughter picks on, on flaws and points them out to me. What, what's the, what's the, um, the underline here? What's the mm-hmm. real deal here? We have flaws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my, we have flaws, but here's the thing. We notice just the flaw. Suddenly, the little pimple over here overrules everything else about you or the stomach overrule. Mm-hmm. And now you have to defend it. I love it anyway, and this and that. You know, you're right. My stomach's a little, yeah. What does that mean? Mm. What do you think about it? Um, you know, sometimes I care about it. Sometimes I like, oh, it doesn't bother me so much. Sometimes when I think I need to do something, I do do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I need to lose 10 pounds. I agree. That's a terrible statement to say like that. Mm -hmm. I really want to lose a little bit of weight because I'm feeling like my body is not me anymore. So Mm -hmm. I want to work on that. I mean, maybe I can reframe and say differently. But the, the main thing is this. When we talk about honesty, authenticity is, of course, I have flaws. And then I also have, I don't know, right? Benefits mm-hmm. or I have great things. I have things I like. So can we see all of it? Not just the flaw that stands out. And I'm just focused on that because right next to my cellular, um, you know, on my thigh, my knees actually working really well, or my feet feel wonderful and my calf is strong or, you know, yeah, I'm not very happy about, I don't know my wrinkles, but my hair is still healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. this and that, not this and mm-hmm. that's it. So learn to talk like that. And again, it's not when our child says something about themselves, We don't want to dismiss, oh, don't say that, you're beautiful, or you're just the way you are, or no, you're smart. Like, don't dismiss it like that, because Mm -hmm. it labels everything as one thing, Mm -hmm. all, none. We always want balance, we want mixture, we want details. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? Everybody has something they don't like about themselves. Everybody sometimes feels 
stupid or out of place or however you want to phrase it, right? Like, I'm so stupid, I'm wrong, I'm this. Like kids use that kind of language. And we say, don't say that. Say, you know, I don't necessarily like this word, but I understand that sometimes, yeah, the feeling is there. Does it go away? Do you have times that you actually feel, hmm, that was pretty cool or smart, or I actually knew what to do, or I feel good about whatever it is, the way I look today. Mm-hmm. By pointing out flaws on me, is that like a reflection of how she's feeling about herself? Or Some, is that- Yes. Okay. Or is it's it- she- Kids are very, kids are factual. They're very mm-hmm. literal. She's just pointing it out, not necessarily meaning to be judgmental, mm-hmm. but then it comes out in sort of, or we tell them, yeah, that's not nice to say, but she just basically <laughs> pointed out kind of like how we say kids say the way it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily always mean to be mean, even to one another. She's mean to me. She said, I, this. kids just say it. They really don't have manners. Mm-hmm. So we can help them again, maybe understand where it's coming from. Maybe what does it mean? Do you want me to do something about it? Or did you just point out, oh, mom, look, there's whatever here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you sometimes see something about yourself that you don't like or that someone else points out? It's always having conversations. Stay in the conversation. Don't run away from it. Don't avoid it by immediately having sort of like the perfect slogan to say back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I also think that like, it's the idea of like, what's the narrative around what a flaw is, right? Because mm. I think what's ridiculous is that we like we look at our stretch marks and we say, well, this is a flaw. And I don't, I, I try not to lately subscribe to that theory that like, these are the flaws in our bodies because instead of just saying to her, well, I have a stretch mark because my body stretched so I could have a baby and I had you, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think looking at what the world thinks as flaws these days, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to change my, like rewire my brain on it. Like if I get a pimple, it's like, I got a pimple because I worked really hard that night. I didn't wash my face off because I was working so hard for my kids and my face broke out. You know what I mean? Like maybe putting a story behind it for your own, for your own brain that mm-hmm. makes you realize like, like, I just, I think we should always turn on a, on its head. Like what the world has taught us is bad. And what is a, what is a flaw? Cause who cares about a stretch mark and a pimple, right? Mm-hmm. right. I try to explain that to my daughter. I'm like, who cares? Like if you're noticing your stomach, then, and people are noticing it, then they're not noticing the really important things that are going on right now in the world. Cause who cares? It's not going to make someone a good person or a bad person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. And so we can look at it and I agree. We don't even have to say, I mean, you can say, yeah, I have some flaws or some things that seem to, but it's more about, I have some things I don't necessarily like. And Mm. sometimes they bother me. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I focus on it a little more, sometimes less. Mm. I definitely have also things that I do like and appreciate and respect. And some of these things, they do have a story Mm. (laughs) and they're there for a good reason. My body did something unbelievably amazing. Yeah. Mm. It, it grew life. And so, you know what, (laughs) it comes with whatever the changes 
And you're right, was so critical about the changes, like getting old is bad, right? Having wrinkles is bad, we constantly mm-hmm. have to cover up. Maybe we don't if we just kind of like, what's so bad about it? It's mm-hmm. just nature. Mm-hmm. It's just real. It's, it is what it is. It's not necessarily good or bad. Mm-hmm. It never changes. It's just is, yeah. So it's true that I think overall is to be able to notice, and we go back maybe to the very beginning, the mm-hmm. triggers. Notice how something triggers you. Take a moment. Don't respond right away just to make it go away for me or for my child. Mm-hmm. Think, okay, <laughs> this is challenging. This is triggering. This is confusing. This is like, ooh, makes me feel bad. Okay. It's a challenge. What do I need to do? Flex my mental muscles right now. Mm-hmm. And I have them and I can. And so think about what it is you really want to address and how you can be raw and authentic without crossing, you know, lines, obviously, but definitely mm-hmm. being honest with your child, not just saying something that sounds good mm-hmm. and closes the conversation as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Actually, you want to keep the conversation open. Sometimes you can end it, you know, I want us to think about it some more. How about we talk some more about this tomorrow? Because sometimes something shifts in how we think or feel. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So it's okay then to, because I know like when we fight with our partners, you know, it's a lot of times it's advised to take a step back, take a time yeah. out and, you know, come back to the, to the topic at a, a later date when you've cooled off. So when we're talking to our kids and let's say we're being triggered, is it okay to kind of take that step back and take, not like a time out, but, you know, kind of say, okay, I'm going to revisit that. We'll revisit this tomorrow or at a later date. It's okay to kind of take that time apart. Absolutely. Because thought idea uh, even resolution, solu- everything takes time, mm-hmm. not instant, readily made. We just have mm-hmm. an answer for everything. That's actually sometimes the, the, the creator of anxiety is that need to always have the right thing to say. No, knowledge takes time, patience. Mm-hmm. Um, it requires, you know, some other skills as opposed to just impulsivity reactivity immediate yeah so taking time is actually important i think it's amazing modeling because you want our children to not just say anything because yeah that's just the way it is you want them to think why do you think that's the way it is i don't know that's just the way it is let's think about it Mm. let's look at it from this angle from this perspective yeah make them thoughtful and model thoughtfulness by taking some time, you know, I need to think about it. Mm. I, you know what, how about you and I read about it? Maybe Mm. together, Mm. maybe we can, yeah, I'll read, you can think about, I don't know. And tomorrow we'll talk about it again. Absolutely. Process is very important Mm. as opposed to immediacy, right? Everything is instant. Mm-hmm. You know, life cannot be Amazon Prime. We have Amazon Prime. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Thank mm. goodness things come. But life is not like that. We don't click and it shows up in a box. You yeah. know, you can't just be healed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ready made. <laughs> Ready made. Ta-da! Yeah. So think like that. Amazon Prime is Amazon Prime. Great. But 
in life, sometimes things don't come so quickly. We have to be using or utilizing other tools and skills, such as resilience and coping, thoughtfulness, support, Mm -hmm. time, space, patience, open-mindedness, and so on. Lots of things. Mm -hmm. So... Thank All you for being here, right, Rox? So, Roxy, <laughs> yes. what, are you taking, what are you taking away from your from this parenting show today? Oh, you know, I think for me, I really, I need to let go. I always, I mean, this is always a running theme for me is I need to let go of control because mm-hmm. I like to, you know, have things turn out the way that I want them to turn out is, you know, let go of the control, be more patient for sure. Mm-hmm. And know that it's okay to not have the right answer right away. Because I think I also struggle with that. Like I should know the answer to this and I should know how to make this situation better. Like today, you know, right Mm -hmm. now. And it's okay to be like, you know what? I don't really have the answer for this right now. Let's talk about this, you know, in a week or tomorrow or whenever it is that we can come up, maybe even with the answer together, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and really kind of more engaging with her to sort of tell me what is behind some of the behaviors, even, you know, what is making you do this, you know? So it's, I have a lot of work to do. How about you, Tamman? <laughs> oh, it's so much. Where do I start? I think my biggest one is to have more empathy and compassion, but I think to have more empathy and compassion with other people mm. is to have more empathy and compassion with myself. And I very quickly try to put my husband or my kids, like I want them to be the best Mm -hmm. and I want them to be perfect and I want them to do the right things all the time. And I want them to say the right things and I want them to treat me the way I want them to treat me. So I have very little room for like screwing up. And I think Mm -hmm. it's just because that's my own perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And if I don't let myself like go and like let myself give myself some kind of space and not being perfect, then, you know, I, how can I expect them to, to, to be free of that? If I'm not free of it myself, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Perfect is not the goal. Mm-hmm. Perfect is really the process of keep on trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like not that. Giving up, there's right? this thing is there's no perfect. Like what is perfect? And why do we want to be perfect? Like why? Like I, I don't, and there's so many people who feel this way. So I know I'm not alone in this, but what is it about our world that wants us to be perfect? Why do we have to Photoshop everything and put mm-hmm. filters on everything and be this perfect parent and go to the best university and mm-hmm. be the top all the time? Like why can't we just enjoy the life that we were given? It makes mm-hmm. me crazy. It's like, why can't I just enjoy the process mm-hmm. of my, my goals and my dreams and my acting career instead of just wanting to get the best movie to win the best award? Like, why are we always reaching for that brass ring and not enjoying the process? And I feel that's the same way with parenting. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't enjoy the parent, the process of parenting because I just want to get the good kid at the end, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of just enjoying like the good stuff that comes with parenting, but also the shitty stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's where I can learn too. And I can grow through the crap and the the hardships. You know, I never look at it like that. I just look at it like, well, when can this fight be over? You know, mm-hmm. when, when can this tough time where she's like pre-pubescent be over when can we get to the better time and and sometimes I've learned like I look at these photos on my phone and it makes me so sad because I'm like why couldn't 
I just have been there then. Like, why was I wanting to be here, right? Thinking that here was going to be better. And then right now I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so afraid to like turn 40. And then like my 40s, oh my God, I'm so afraid of them because what if I don't achieve what I thought that I would achieve in my 40s? Then I'm not appreciating my 30s, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna look back and be like, why didn't I? I just wasted that whole time thinking about the future that never was. Like it wasn't happening. Yeah. I mean, I think it too, it goes back to living in the present, right? It's like living the actual day that we're in versus like living in the future already, because I think that's so what we're programmed to do. We're already Mm. programmed, especially in this country, you know, to like go for more, 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 you know, like live for tomorrow, like get all those things. You have to meet all your goals, like by this time. And it's like, it's so unrealistic and we miss out on so much. Like, I feel like, you know, we all do, we all miss out Mm. on like those moments that we could be like sitting in them and enjoying them. You know, you look even at the Kardashians, right? They're so, they're like the biggest family out there. And everyone knows who they are worldwide. They've got like a billion followers between all of them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't care for them or do care for them. I don't really feel anything about them, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I think once you hit a level of being able to support your basic needs, which Mm -hmm. is you're able to live somewhere and you're able to get like healthcare for your children Mm -hmm. and you're able for them to go to school and you're able to pay for food. Once Mm -hmm. you hit these like basic needs, you actually aren't happier. And we think, especially as Americans, that because she has the Birkin bag and because she has the Valentino dress and because she has the private plane, yes, there's many times I'm like, oh, the stress of being on a plane would be so much nicer on a private plane. I get it. But it doesn't ultimately make you that much happy. They're not on a plane all the time. They're on a plane like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're probably going to work. So I just think this idea of like having more means more happiness is just Mm -hmm. You know, and now we've gone off on a tangent and I'm sure Siggy's <laughs> like, I've got to go. I got, I do have to go Them back. Out. I, say it it's is like I do gap. have to go. <laughs> it's the gap between the illusion, the idea and reality. And mm-hmm. it is in this gap, we have the promise of how good it can feel, how good it can be. And that is what we're chasing constantly. That promise. If I only have this, it's going to make my life. It's mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. I'm, and you're right. A lot of times, I mean, you can have, I don't know. And I'm not talking, oh, the poor are happy. And the, mm-hmm. no, right. there is no generalization. It is about a mindset. Whatever it is that I have is what I think I have, mm-hmm. not what I really do have or should have, right? Mm -hmm. Having is not just what I really have. Yes, I can look at my stuff and go, I have this, this, this. Mm -hmm. Do I feel like I actually have it? Mm -hmm. Taking those moments, right? Enjoying those moments, you know? And it doesn't promise Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. You still, everyone, Kardashians or not, everybody struggles with the same stuff. The body image, the kissing or not listening, no matter how many nannies you have, Mm -hmm. the moment that your child disappoints you or triggers you, or it's not exactly what you want, no matter what it looks like in photos, um, you still struggle with your partner, with your um, extended family, Mm -hmm. with what you want versus what you can. I mean, that's the human condition. That's mm-hmm. what everybody struggles with. So a lot of it is, and again, I'm not excluded. It's also learning to work with it, to let go, mm-hmm. accept, to accept yourself, to be open to changes mm-hmm. that 
kind of hit me from out of nowhere and I'm like scared or feeling mm-hmm. threatened and now I'm fighting them. It's like, oops, okay. Yeah. What can I do about that? So mm-hmm. it's a lot of these, again, our own coping resilience, our own mental muscles, constantly working them in the, you know, in the gym of life. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just going out there to really lift weight. It's, mm-hmm. it's they're there every single day. And to not look for other people, like happiness starts with us. And I learned this in my own relationships, right. Is like with my husband, I cannot change him. Like he has a choice to change and I can accept it or not. And I can put boundaries that make me happy and make me not happy, but I can't make him feel something. I can't make him do something. I can't make him change something. And I can't do that with my kids either. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with my kids and I can't do that with my work. I can just do the part where I can better myself. And then the rest is, the rest is gravy, mm-hmm. you know, like it just is. So mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Thank you. So yeah, I know you got to go. Um, we will be dropping go. your doorstep because I need definitely therapy. Yes. So <laughs> thank Wait. you so much. It was great meeting you and talking. Yeah, thank so you so nice much. Helpful. Yes. And where can people find you? Um, mainly on Instagram. Um, on all social media, I should say this, right? So it's Facebook, Dr. Siggy, Instagram, Dr. Siggy. There's even TikTok. Uh, we have a website, drsiggy.com. Lots of information. There is a course there. Another one is coming out literally in two weeks, I think. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you can sign up for our newsletter. So, I'm everywhere and you can get to me from all directions. We're going back to school, Tam, and we're signing I up know. for the course. <laughs> we're going to do it. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you guys. Yes, thank Please you. Uh, find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And do not forget to rate, rate subscribe, and comment. comment. I am Tamman Sursok. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women. Women. Uh, take it away singing at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.